So welcome everyone to the Vox Box here in the European Parliament uh, in Strasbourg and this EPP group talk on critical technologies, especially regarding defense, uh, EU defense. How is the European Union tackling this issue? What solutions are there um, with a hot war on our doorstep and tensions elsewhere? What are we doing about critical technologies? Examples of those would be artificial intelligence, robotics, quantum computing, computer chips, critical mineral extraction, hypersonics, drones. What else? Rijo Terras, former commander of the Estonian Defense Forces, also an MEP here, member of the European Parliament, in the Industry Research and Energy Committee with the EPP Group. Uh, you got a report uh, coming up to a vote uh, on critical technologies. Um, what's uh, one example of, um, of a critical technology that we need to boost? Well, I think everything uh, in the coming years will be uh, circling itself around the artificial intelligence and the definition of it is very broad. And we even had a, a committee here in the House uh, to, to deal with it. But I'm not sure whether the outcome was really what we wanted. Ah. We can see that, uh, that uh, US, China, Russia, they are really, Russia perhaps not anymore, but, but they are investing uh, heavily in their research on the, on the area of artificial intelligence. And Europe is uh, really uh, not very effective. Yeah, because and that's, yeah. we have um, much uh, more complex uh, command chain as, as say US or, or China. Mm -hmm. And though they allocate funds to it, it's very difficult. Now, your report that you're navigating here through the parliament on critical technologies for security and defense, um, what are, uh, what's a, an urgent action that we need to take? What are two urgent actions? Yeah, the first thing is we need to understand that, uh, that the war is ongoing. And now uh, the defense industry as a whole uh, is producing uh, actually ammunition. It's producing main battle tanks, which uh, which are not top-notch technology, which are already 50, 40, 50 years old. Yeah. Uh, how can we uh, encourage uh, big, uh, big tech companies, big uh, defense industries, uh, invest in the in the modern technology, in the modern weapon systems, mm. because they, they can earn money on 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 the trivial, old-fashioned uh, things. Yeah. So that I think is one thing where European Union needs to focus on how to make uh, industry invest in in, in these technologies. Uh, and the second thing is we need to look what is happening uh, in US, what is happening in uh, in China, and try to figure out how far away we are from them, and that mm -hmm. we are re really looking back. So. I think, uh, and, and, and of course, as the European Union always, you have to use money. And the problem with the money is that the, that the startups uh, are financed normally by the banks. But uh, for the defense industry uh, startups, it's very difficult to get the funding from, from the yeah. banks. Very many of the European banks are not accepting uh, defense industry as, a, and, as and a partner. And the venture capital is not there for that? Uh, well. Again, there is the same problem that yeah. uh, that uh, uh, people not very uh, uh, very eager to to trust defense industries, even though uh, the war is ongoing. Yeah, interesting. In your report, uh, you, you talk about the availability of adequate funding schemes, uh, especially in the field of security and defense technologies, where the private sector—I'm quoting it—is very hesitant 
to uh, invest due to limitations, regulations, long market entry processes? Isn't that where the EU needs to maybe share in that risk somehow? Yes, right? I, I think that is uh, to help uh, to help the private investors uh, to finance uh, the modern technology in the defense and security. Uh, so to kind of make some funds available so that they can along and so European Union can uh, can prove that this project mm. is really worth of investing uh, and then do it. Uh, yeah. And then the banks will be ready to do it as well. Uh, it is not easy, uh, but but it is possible if we, if we want to if we want to start to help uh, this uh, sector because they they have been very long years just on their own. Is this, is this part of the European Commission's roadmap for critical, critical technologies? You said uh, yourself that you see that as a good start, this roadmap. Yeah. But um, uh, how would you like to see the EU more as a catalyst and coordinator? Well, first, uh, I think it's say. important that we have a list of, of these technologies which we are talking about. Then okay. we define what these technologies are. I mean, the definitions are very vague normally. Yeah. And, then we, uh, and then, on my opinion, we should find... Uh, uh, in cooperation with uh, with the private investors or uh, private sector and academia, the ways how we develop uh, uh, new technologies and how we develop uh, out of these technologies really products. It is not yeah. very easy. I mean, there's fundamental research going on at the universities, but how often it comes to be a product on the very end. It is very difficult. I, I, yeah. I work myself, uh, worked myself in the, um, in the robotics company where, okay. where we, we had lots of, uh, lots of research in the university. But then when I ask, how can I sell it? Then they say, well, we have to develop it further. And they develop and develop. And, uh, and so the, comp the private sector needs to find ways how to, how to uh, mm. make a product out of, out of the uh, research. And therefore, it is important that uh, that governments or European Union will yeah. help them to come together yeah. and and get give the first uh, uh, the first ignition to this cooperation. And that's why I I, I think uh, mm. uh, there is a way uh, we can we can do uh, very soon. And so in your report, you do call for a quote fast track solutions to promote development of new technologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. How to fast track that? Any well, suggestions? I, I think that I have from, been. You saw it yourself. Yeah, I've I've been uh, from both sides. I've seen that from both sides, and uh, and you know, uh, in in the defense area, normally there's a research group com coming. Then they try to research. Then they think. Then they test. Uh, and then mm. five years later they decide. And then five years later it's <laughs> it's fielded. Yeah. Uh, if you look at your mobile phone, you see that every six months you get the new upgrade, or or even uh, or more often. You want to see that uh, in critical technology. And I want to see that. I mean, I mean, uh, only, only the only the unmanned ground vehicle, which uh, uh, which uh, Milram Robotics has produced, uh, uh, and which is uh, the basis of the IMAX program of uh, European uh, Defence Fund. Mm. Uh, uh, we have had in the last four years already six uh, prototypes. I mean, uh, it is quicker than that. And if, if the armies are still just procuring, making tests, the world mm -hmm. goes far away. And, and, uh, and therefore, I think the, the pattern of investing in the modern technologies from the governments need, needs to be changed. Yeah. And I think European Union can help the government. Do, do, doesn't this require more European thinking as opposed to 
the nations doing their own thing. I mean, that's the that's the role of the European Defense Agency is to try to pull everybody together, all those efforts, coordinate them. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you have faith in that? Do you think that can work? Is that's it? exactly why I'm saying that the command chain is uh, in Europe is much more complex than... Uh, then in in US, I mean in in US, the government takes a decision and, one and funds uh, one government uh, funds get uh, get certain certain funds to one company, certain funds to another. Mm -hmm. They can even distribute it equally, so everybody uh, is uh, is served. In Europe, it is a heavy competition all the time. Of course, I'm not against the competition, but sometimes I look at the governments. Um, I mean, companies producing infantry fighting vehicles, yeah. and we, uh, the number of them produced in Europe is uh, close to 30. Yeah. I mean, everybody is doing its own bit, and uh, would it not be easy and cheaper to do it together? Absolutely. And I, right. but, but to push the governments to do certain things together, I think the European Union needs to think about funding these yeah. kind of things. And I think the European Defence Fund is a good, good, uh, good start. Yeah, nine course, billion, the, I think it is. Yeah, right? well, of course, yeah. the money, money, if you compare it whatever funds the European Union does, it's ridiculously very small. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. But it is yeah. a good start. And, a good start. Uh, and I think that. We need to keep uh, keep going on there, uh, and find uh, find nations who want to cooperate together. It's not mm. that everybody, all the twenty seven, will work together. And and do you see uh, also cooperation with other third countries also? On I that? think or, uh, for for a defense industry today, it is uh, very important that we're not uh, uh, kind of. Uh, neglecting UK, US, okay. which are our NATO partners. And yeah. so I think the NATO-European uh, cooperation needs to include uh, the cooperation in the fields of uh, defense industry. I know it's... It it's tricky be, because there's competition with... Yeah, it will be difficult for the French co co colleagues and, yeah, uh, and the German colleagues to accept it. But that, that's how I see it. Uh, the only way is that we work together with the third countries uh, of NATO. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, here's a headline I saw recently. Quote, wake up call. China leads in 37 out of 44 critical technology sectors. 37 out of 44, says uh, the Australian Strategic Policy Institute. Does that shock you? Shocks me. Yes, I, I think uh, uh, the China took, like, I was, uh, I was in the Beijing War College uh, 2006, and really? they, there was no talk about these things. But in the last 20 years, they have really uh, invested a lot in the modern technologies, yeah. and they 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 have recognized the need of of really money in this uh, context. And uh, mm. and I think uh, US has uh, understood that as well, uh, and and Europe is still arguing about uh, whether we should. Yeah. Uh, not not uh, whether how much, but they, we should uh, invest, for example, in the artici artificial intelligence because yeah. we are afraid of the of the kind of um, delicate human issues around it, whether the facial recognition is so good or bad. And well, so on. Uh, killer robots. Yeah, right? but it, 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 this discussion all is based on uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movies and yeah, not the reality, not the real yeah. life. Yeah, so right. I think uh, right. we should forget yes, uh, about these discussions and start really heavily to invest sure. and to do it together. So uh, my understanding is if, say, the European Union says, I, I give you 30% uh, of the project if, if the governments uh, and the... Uh, and the uh, industry will give another 30 from each side. So you would have the money to there you go. develop 
together yeah. something new, something next uh, next level. Absolutely. Uh, and we have to recognize the technologies. I think that is the most important thing. Yeah. If you uh, you've heard about uh, what was the Queen Elizabeth Award for the technical innovation in the year 1991? Couldn't guess. Don't know. Yeah, it was the the gadget which is inside of the Guinness uh, can to to make the foam <laughs> okay. uh, solid. Well, you know, <laughs> it's very important to some people. <laughs> but you know what what came second? What World Wide Web. <laughs> really? So I think that's. Uh, I'm, I'm pointing out how important it is to uh, how important it is to recognize what are really the critical technologies for the future. Yeah, priorities. And I right. think this priority list is is important, and uh, yeah. and I, I think that is where Europe for first needs to focus on. Yeah. And then and then take one by one these these items and try to find projects. And the framework uh, mm. of the uh, European Defence Fund. How much do you think that the Ukraine war, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, uh, gave more urgency, perhaps uh, mobilized more people to think about critical technologies? You, you have you yourself in your report, <clears throat> you call on the Commission, European Commission, to conduct a study on the lessons identified from the war in Ukraine with regard to critical technologies to, to security and defence. What yes. would you like to see in that? Well, I, I, I have seen that uh, from one side, uh, it is the very much a second or first world war type uh, war going on. From both sides, uh, um, huge amounts of uh, hu humans killed, yeah, <laughs> so to true, say. But there are also drones, there is yes, also but, intel. Uh, but uh, the difference is made by drones and especially yeah. by modern technology weapon systems. If you think that eight HIMARS systems have changed the course of the war. Yeah. Eight. Those are the yeah. high-powered, uh, high long-range, uh, yeah, uh, long range, uh, yeah. uh, rocket launchers yeah. uh, have, have changed the real course of the war. Uh -huh. So it means that that the modern technologies are important and tested in this in this war. Uh, Milgram Robotics, for example, so we, we we did send uh, fifteen our uh, unmanned ground vehicles to to support the. Logistics to uh, clean the roads to to do things which human beings uh, do not need to do because the robots can do it for them. Yeah, and so the human beings can can be real soldiers doing the real business. Yeah, but there are so many uh, different areas and and uh, and of course in in the unmanned robotics and un unmanned platforms wherever it, be it in the sea, air or land. Uh, the change is coming, uh, and we need to want. We want to be on the, on top of the things. Right. Uh, and, and you're and of speaking course, as a former general. Right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, very important there is again that the command command cycle where where Ukraine wins this war is that our decision cycle, order loop, so called, uh, orient, observe, observe, orient, uh, decide, act. A loop is quicker than in Russian, so they that, and that is based on on the sensors, on the analytical software, and the quick decisions of of uh, uh, finding targets and uh, acquisition and uh, targeting. That's that's all critical technology there. That is right? all and that's uh, that's a top notch thing. Unfortunately, it's almost all of it uh, based on the U.S. developments and not too much of it. Were used, uh, which is produced in Europe. So that needs to be fostered uh, uh, yeah, from we, the European side. We need side. to understand right. that if yeah. we don't invest in there, we we would have a disadvantage. Now, uh, can, can we talk about chips at all? About uh, you know computer chips? 
being yeah, very we can important. Talk about chips. That, that's a critical technology. And, well, and we've seen some action, uh, for instance, the ASML in the Netherlands that uh, that, that have machines that, that produce these yeah, chips. Yeah, but they're the only machines. blocked the export. Yeah, right? they're the only machines. But the problem is that to, uh, that to build an, an, a chip uh, factory where the, the, say the three and the five uh, microchips uh, uh, will be produced costs uh, 20 billion euros. And, yeah. uh, and since we have it in Taiwan and, and uh, more than 80% of the chips coming out of Taiwan yeah. and the rest, uh, I think 10% uh, or something comes from the South Korea. Uh, but the machines are, uh, are Netherlands, yeah. and I think the vacuum technology of, of the clean uh, space, which is needed for that, comes from Belgium. So yeah. uh, actually, we should and could. But where is the investment? Where where where, where will we build it in Europe? But once you got that technology, you need to protect it, right? Of That's course, a part of, of it. Course. Also, of it's course. critical to but and then use yourself. I, I don't know uh, how the history went so wrong that we are completely almost to 90% dependent on the Far East uh, production and, <laughs> and not only us yeah. and China as well. Therefore, I'm not afraid of the Taiwan be, the, being attacked by, by China. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we uh, speak very briefly on, uh, on the situation in Ukraine? Yeah, we can. What's your take on that at the, at the moment on, uh, on Bakhmut uh, very close to falling to, to Russian hands, but perhaps not? And what about Kherson? Same uh, well, thing, uh, right? I, I have the feeling that Bakhmut is kind of uh, uh, being being seen as as an emotional uh, spot uh, from both sides. The the Russians who want to take it, and the, and there was a seventy thousand uh, city which was not that important before the war, mm -hmm. uh, but right now it is a good defense line. It has a river inside, so the 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 Ukrainian side has really solid defense there. They have uh, they have uh, really. Um, been able to hold this, and and Russia has sent uh, thousands of troops against it. Uh, there are reports saying 30 to 40 thousand Russians are killed, uh, mm. only taking Bakhmut. It cannot be strategically that important. So no. it is an emotional. But thing. I think the but the strategy I think is is to cause as many casualties on the other side. Yes, uh, but but the Ukrainians are pretty good, and on, uh, I, I think the ratio number, which I've heard, is one to five. Yeah. Uh, so the Ukrainians are good. The second thing, Russia is trying to pull the pull troops from other other areas of the of the front line to Bakhmut to take it. Yeah. For them, it is kind of a, a matter of honor. Uh, I don't think it is a logical military strategy, mm. as as much as I don't think that for Ukrainians. It does make sense to hold it too long. Um, uh, I, I'm not afraid about Kherson because I have the feeling that Kherson is rather well guarded, and uh, on the very end, uh, there are some somewhere in Ukraine 30 to 50 thousand troops, fresh yeah. trained, right. uh, educated, and equipped by the by the Western world, ready to change the course of the war. Right. And I really do hope uh, that the so-called spring offensive spring will offensive. happen. That's what I'm, uh, was my next question. Yeah. Uh, what do you think will happen there? Do, do, do they have the wherewithal for a spring offensive? Will they, the, the uh, sorry, the, uh, uh, the Ukrainians. To, the Ukrainians do have uh, the Ukrainians right. do have fresh force. Every time I talk to my friends in Ukraine, yeah. uh, the military ones, they, they kind of secretly say, wait, <laughs> wait, wow. we will do something. Uh, right. I do hope that they, they are not too exhausted from the Bakhmut uh, and that they, they really have this uh, three, three, five brigades to make difference and to take Crimea back. Now, to do that, they need weapons. 
how much faith do you have in, in the West to provide that, either from, from Europe but uh, also from the US, and we're starting to see some hesitation among some on the uh, hard right among, uh, in, in, in the US, saying, wait a minute, maybe we gotta pull back. Well, that is the presidential elections coming uh, in the US, but, yep. but in the reality, uh, the support has been there all the time. I am always, I have been always very critical about the amount of support uh, Ukraine gets from the US, because uh, if you if you think that the uh, US used every single day in Afghan war, uh, three hundred million dollars every single day, uh, and now they are, they are happy if if they send two point five billion. Uh, uh, aid, military aid to Ukraine. 2.5 million is one week of, of what they did in Afghanistan. So it's not real. Uh, it's not enough. Uh, we need to push uh, the US to, to do more and the Europeans to do more. Sometimes the, the messages which we get that the Canadian Ministry of Defense announces that they are ready to send four main battle tanks uh, to Ukraine. It's ridiculous. I mean, mm. don't, don't say that. Do it, but don't say do that it. publicly, <laughs> because then the Russians will laugh about it. Right. But in, right. in the very end, they have already gathered quite a, quite a sufficient number of good, uh, good technology together, trained uh, Ukrainians, I, and I have faith in the Ukrainian army, uh, which is the best army in Europe right now, that they could, uh, they could make change. And I really do hope that happens pretty soon. From the words of Rio Terra's general, Rijo Teras, member of the European Parliament with the EPP Group. Rijo, thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you very much. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for uh, watching this uh, EPP Group talk in the European Parliament uh, here in the Vox Box. Keep in mind at EPP Group and eppgroup.eu for more information. My name is Chris Burns. See you next time.